Thanks for downloading this IMSA radio podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be broadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by visiting imsaradio.com or search for IMSA radio wherever they get their podcasts. Michelin Pilot Challenge on IMSA Radio, part of the Radio Show Limited Network. Uh, so we've got uh, second practice now. This uh, slated as an hour, and uh, we've lost a couple of minutes of that. Let's check in uh, on our pit lane reporter straight away and say good afternoon to Nick Damon. Hello, Nick. Or Shay. Either of you two are there. Oh, that's a great start, isn't it? Um, Jeremy, good afternoon. Good afternoon, John. How are you? <laughs> How were you? Good, actually. You were good. No, not actually. Getting a bit bored now, to be honest. Yeah, no, it's uh, it, but but glorious day here. It's, it's certainly wind has picked up since uh, this morning, but this is the first time on the track uh, today for the Michelin Pilot Challenge. There, uh, FP two free practice two, and this will uh, kind of set the scene for uh, qualifying, which will be later on this evening at 6 o'clock for qualifying. It'll be two 15-minute sessions, one for TCR, one for GS. So this is the final opportunity to get ready for that. And this will be now a one-hour session for these guys. We had one practice session yesterday, and this is the second one. Should uh, be good. Super tight it was yesterday. It was, wasn't Crazy it? Crazy tight. Four different manufacturers at the top of the chart yesterday covered by less than a tenth of a second. Tim Gray is up in London. Thank you, Tim, for uh, being with us today and sorting us out so that uh, we can at least talk to the world. Spencer Pompelli goes through for BGB Motorsports in the 718 GT4 RS. Rebel Rock Racing, Robin Liddell going out earlier on in the Camaro GT4. Nice to have Rebel Rock back. And... They had a, they've been scrambling the last uh, couple of races with some damage, haven't they, Jeremy? But uh, good to see them back here this weekend. And uh, Robin Liddell out early on. TCR's looking good as well this weekend. Very good entry in TCR. Yeah, we've got uh, 16 cars, I think, in in TCR uh, for this this weekend, and that's been that's provided some tremendous racing this season. In, uh, in that class and we've got a, w- w- one newcomer team this weekend in TCR so it's always good to see uh, uh, new uh, new teams sampling the waters and that's the uh, the number 70 car is, is new to the series this weekend that's the uh, the Daily Motorsports Hyundai Velosa N that's an X um Run, run that car run previously by Van der Stur Racing and prior to that I think by 47 Motorsports but one of the uh, Brown Herder Autosport built cars and young uh, Jacob Diley and his good buddy uh, Peyton Long both of them well Jacob's uh, 18 Peyton's 20 and uh, making their debut at this level this weekend it's a bit of a been a bit of a struggle for them the, the team is based in Oklahoma and they had some troubles loading up the car even onto the trailer when they first tried to leave and then yesterday when they got here 
expecting to get out for first practice. There's some more difficulties getting everything set up and ready to go. Their first IMSA event, of course. First proper pro race, really. And, and for the drivers, they came here with, with, uh, with uh, helmets they, they thought were legal but weren't. So they had to, uh, yeah. they had to head off and, and get new helmets. And they, had to, they, were, they were met halfway between here and Atlanta Motorsports, uh, Atlanta Motorsports Park. Uh, by uh, the uh, race factors up there, and they they that's very, very kind of them to meet them halfway. But an hour's drive though, so another bit, little bit of a, a headache. They got their new helmets, and they took their first laps yesterday. There was also problems with some tire pressures and various other little little uh, gremlins on that new car for them, number seventy car. But you know they're, they're here, delighted to be here, and uh, two very enthusiastic and very respectful young men, and uh, they'll be looking to. Uh, turn some some better laps and more representative laps i hope in this session but a good field of it's 14 tcr cars actually mm. this uh, this weekend and uh, as usual four different manufacturers hyundai have already wrapped up the the uh, manufacturer championship in tcr for this season and looking to win uh, yet another driver championship as well it'll be Four in a row, was it five in a row for that? Uh, for them now in uh, in TCR since since the uh, since uh, TCR was introduced, it'll be it'll be one two three. It'll be four in a row if the, if they can achieve it. Uh, the last four years then for Brian Hurd at Sports since the introduction of the uh, Hyundai and already clinched their third successive Hyundai Manufacturer Championship. Out of the box, Owen Trinkler is the fastest at a 126.823, uh, which is about three quarters of a second away from the fastest time yesterday. It was set by Mike Skeen in the FCP Euro by Rika Autosport Mercedes. That was car number 55. But now it's Owen Trinkler in the Team TGM Porsche 718 GT4 RS Club Sport. Number 64, 126.823. A couple of tenths ahead of Spencer Pompelli in the BGB Motorsports. A similar car, that's car number 83. Eric Foss, actually, as I say that, Pompelli goes to the top. A 126.119, which is faster than Skeen's time from yesterday. So laying down a marker there is Spencer Pompelli. Uh, Owen Trinkle in second place. Robin Liddell up to third in the Chevrolet. Then Eric Foss in the Marilla Racing, car number 56. That comes into this weekend. Second in the points table in GS, Eric Foss. Uh, he's, uh, he's quite a long way back. He's 160 points behind the championship leaders, Alan Brynjolfsson and Trent Hinman in the number seven Volt Racing, Aston Martin. So the championship is still possible for Eric Foss, but uh, he needs a strong result and some problems most likely for that number seven car. And that is something that number seven car is, is hoping desperately to to avoid. They had uh, they had a fantastic season. They finished in the top seven in all of the first eight races. And had some problems last time out at VIR. So they want to get back on the horse and get another strong result to round out what they hope. It would be a second championship in the Michelin Pilot Challenge for Trent Hinman. And a first for Alan Brynjolfsson. Number 70 Hyundai, by the way, coming into the pit lane now. That's the, uh, the sort of urban grid camo livery on that number 70 car. And 
that that's the, the burgundy color that is in, in incorporated there was was the color of his first uh, spec race of Ford car that he's been racing in SCCA competition as a, I think he started out as a 14 or 15 year old racing in, in, in SCCA competition there and he loved that color and his dad said okay well let's 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 incorporate those colors into a kind of an urban camo mm. livery for, for their debut in IMSA competition and the colors it's certainly distinctive and he's just turned a, a, a just Peyton Long actually out in the car at the moment he's brought that car into the pit lane a 133.4 which is actually not quite as quick as he went yesterday but still getting up to speed in the early stages Matt Pombo is quickest at the moment in TCR 13th quickest overall in the number 73 LA Honda World Racing Honda Civic just ahead of the similar car from Victor Gonzalez racing, Victor himself at the wheel of car number 99, second then at the moment in TCR, ahead of two of the Brian Herder Autosport with Kerbag Ajani and Hyundai Elantra NTCRs, number two of former series champion Ryan Norman, and then Robert Wickens in car number 33. Back at the sharp end in GS, Eric Foss moves up to second position in the Murillo Racing Mercedes car number 56, 126.404 for him. So just uh, yeah, a couple of tenths or so behind Spencer Pompelli. And there's lap times, pretty good lap times, 26.1. The lap record for qualifying was a 125.7. That was set three years ago by an Aston Martin, Akil Rahib. Uh, Rabindra in, for the oh, automatic yeah. racing team. Uh, automatic uh, racing is here this weekend with the, with the number 09 car, a little bit farther down the order. We said that the air and track temperatures would uh, start to ramp up a little bit. Now up to 66 Fahrenheit, that's 19 Celsius across the board. Track and air going up at the same sort of time. What is it, just after midday here? So coming up to half past six in Europe, half past five, 20 past five at least. In Europe and the UK. Pit lane speeding for Thiago Camillo. For Riley Motorsports in the remaining Toyota Supra. Riley running. Are Riley running both of their cars this weekend again, Jeremy? But one yep. of each. Yep, one Good. of each. Yep. Mercedes and a, and a Toyota. Had yep. the uh, exclusive news on Midweek Motorsport on Wednesday from uh, Jared Thomas that JTR will be joining into the Michelin Pilot Challenge for next year. Not a full season, Jared was telling us, but uh, it'll be a GT4 AMG putting that programme together. More info to come there, but uh, he was very excited about that. And thank you, Jared, for giving us the exclusive on, on that on Wednesday. And they'll be a great addition to the Pilot Challenge. It's the Fox Factory 120 to round off the season. Don't forget, next year, the GS cars have an exclusive run out on their own as part of the new IndyCar weekend on the downtown streets of uh, Chicago. Have I racing modelled that yet, Drew? Yes, there's a nod. Got Drew Adamson. Uh, in the booth. Drew, stick your stick headset on for a sec. Um, I know you're here as a race fan, but uh, I, I, won't, I won't make you say anything as a spokesman for iRacing. Well, I appreciate you? that. 
Drew was uh, one of the hard-working team behind the IMSA Pro Series in 2020. And uh, you and your sterling band uh, <laughs> didn't get much sleep over those first few months of 2020, did you? No, it was a definitely a crazy time for not only us, but the rest of the motorsports world and trying to figure out how to bring what everyone found normal on race weekends back to them in a time where everything was uncertain. Mm. Tell me about the, the, the uh, how a track ends up being on iRacing because we've got two venues coming up in 2023 that are, that are new in major series here in the US. Chicago, we'll talk about that, in, uh, uh, sorry, uh, Detroit, we'll talk about that in a moment, but Chicago, am I right in thinking the Chicago NASCAR um, venue was actually an iRacing venue first that you guys dreamed it up and then it, it actually has become reality in a bizarre twist yeah so with the partnership with nascar we're now the official simulation partner with them and through projects like chicago street course la coliseum and the new atlanta motor speedway they have come to us with design ideas we've modeled it and gone out and scanned that stuff and then we worked with them on some of the designs and aspect of it and created a virtual version for them to test on and eventually create a real thing in the real world. So it existed on iRacing in the virtual world first? Correct. That's brilliant. And, and of course, it means you can do all your testing, do all your sight lines, decide. you guys are really good at deciding where to put cameras. Yeah, in fact... Um, Without having to close the city streets. Yes, that's the best part about it. No traffic, no grumbling from the locals. So um, recently we just ran for the eNASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing Series, our all-star race at Chicago. The camera views that people saw on the broadcast were ones that actually NBC recommended to us to try out for nice. their upcoming show next year. Very nice. Now, what about downtown Detroit then? Because we've, we've seen the plot. So you guys... Chicago. Oh. Uh, sorry? Sorry. Sorry. Uh, where do you get the information from? Do you go out and scan that, or do you use commercially available information? So for all the U.S.-based tracks, we have a team of people who go out and laser scan the tracks themselves. Even if the street tracks? Yes. Wow. Okay. So, that, so that's down to your usual plus or minus not very much at all? Correct. <laughs> Which is what, five millimeters or something? Um, I don't know the exact measurements, but I've heard as low as two millimeters. Right. Okay. Well, that, that's, that's as near as me. You'd have to be pretty good to feel the difference there with the sidewalls of tyres. How long does that, that process take for, say, something like Detroit? So, thankfully, technology has advanced over the years, and they're getting it down to maybe a maximum of two days to do something like the rescanned Indianapolis only took a day or two. Right. Normally, it would take three or five. Right. I remember, I mean, Nürburgring Nordschleife. You think of something like that. That That is not going to take a couple of days. No, and we actually used a great resource overseas to help us with that project. Same thing with Lamar. Mm. They're just there's such massive facilities that when they were scanned, it would have taken a couple of weeks. Right. Um, so I take it people have already been testing then on downtown Detroit. I have no idea about Detroit, unfortunately. So here's the one secret that most people um, don't know about the broadcast team is because we're not on the production you know, timeline development at all or on the assembly line of it. Yeah. We know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Until it turns up. Yes. And they're like, oh, yeah, by the way, next week in the build we're doing this. Oh, okay. Right. Thanks, guys. Okay, so you're the last ones to, to find out. Okay, what's, uh, what's still to go towards the end of the year? Because your season doesn't necessarily have to run the same time as anything, anybody else. You don't have, and, you know, we've, we've all 
very much in our thoughts at the moment. Everybody down south in Florida and even further south uh, in the islands before that for what's been happening with Hurricane now, Tropical Storm Ian. You, you don't have to worry about the, the confines of weather at a particular time of year at a particular place. You can model it at any time of the year. So what's still to come in the big series seasons for, for you guys? Um, the big championship for us is the NASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing Series. We have two races left this next month, and we're doing a live final from the NASCAR Hall of Fame <sighs> where we'll see the likes of Dale Earnhardt Jr. there, possibly William Byron. Steve Letarte will be on the air to call the race with our Evan Pasoko. Um, it's going to be one big party in Charlotte on October 25th. Now, you're here this weekend uh, it, with... with well, you actually literally have an iRacing hat on, but you are a sports car fan, aren't you? Major sports car fan. It's no secret that this track is my favorite. Um, Big smile on his face as he says. <laughs> um, and it's just a great time for not only to come and see a great race at a great facility, but being a former local as well, I get to spend a week with my parents. So it's right. that sort of one-year pilgrimage every year that I get to uh, come and see parents and see a race. Where have you been spectating so far? Mostly from turn four, because that's where the RV and the beverages are. Ah, excellent. That, that is right, right up there. Um, just one, just, again, this is, this is in development rather than your side of the broadcasting. How often do things get re-scanned? Um, I think it depends on the partnership, the, how far it is from us, the mm-hmm. viability of it. Mm-hmm. Is it something that, from my, my understanding of the business end, is it something that fans will have to repay for? Oh, yeah, or yeah, is yeah. it something like Watkins Glen that's always been a free track? Uh, yeah, got you. Yeah. So there's hundreds of business decisions that unfortunately, or I guess fortunately in this case, are not up to me. No. And you don't get to pick you, who, what, who and what you're broadcasting. You've just actually got to make it happen. You're like us. You, right, this is what's happening. Get it covered. Pretty much. Yeah. Well, listen, I can't thank you enough for what you did in early 2020 to get the IMSA Pro Series underway and all that hard work that you and your team put in to get Sebring for the first one looking so good with the camera plot being exactly what I was used to seeing from from the full metal racing. Um, please pass on our best to your mum and dad, first of all, uh, and also to the team back up in Boston. No problem. If you don't mind, real quick... I can explain to the fans kind of how that process works because mm-hmm. um, we have a pretty unique camera tool system in the iRacing platform. Oh, so, do? Um, we, we have the ability to, as they say, put anything anywhere. Yes. So we actually mainly focus our main TV stuff on, like you said, what mm. people are used to used seeing. To see. um, so we'll watch old IMSA broadcasts, old NASCAR broadcasts, IndyCar broadcasts to try to replicate not only the placement but the zoom levels. Yes. Right? So when you're watching it, you're like, there's no difference. Virtual mm-hmm. meets reality. Usually our secondary set, then, we like to try to experiment a little bit. Where can we put a camera that they can't because of cable runs, because of, unfortunately, safety for heights, mm-hmm. right, with scaffolding? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we love to put them all over the cars, on the rear wings, on the downforce planes, on the front, on the canards there. We just like to experiment a little bit and bring that alternate, hey, this is what the real world wishes they could do. But you know that iRacing ruined me for doing the Nürburgring series because I was so used to having cameras everywhere all the time when we were do, doing the DNLS and the digital Nürburgring 24 that when we went back to real world, it was like, and in fact, the NLS, Nürburgring Langstrecker series, they've had helicopter at every single round this year because I think they realised that they, they had to up their game because what people had seen in, in virtual reality. And with Creventic, we have live drone cams as well that follow in the cars around. And again, that's come directly out of people watching what you guys do and what is available in virtual reality. So the drone cams that we have now at, uh, at Creventic, 
that they do have some limitations about where they can and can't go, obviously, because you don't want them falling on the track. Um, Speaking of those limitations, by the way, for those listening at home, it's not like John and crew were there with us in Boston. Oh, no, no, no. We had to solve multiple <laughs> hurdles to get them not only audio feed because it was a completely different technology than the real world because everything for us in Boston is just right there in the room, right? Yes. And so we brought a new technology, not newer technology to the world, but a new style to help you guys not only hear us, but also see the pictures at the same time. It made, uh, and we, I think we learned from each other. I think it was great because it, it made what we've done since in doing remote broadcasts around the world and still some of the stuff, you know, I, I do Carrera Cup Asia without being there. Um, and sometimes we can't be on site. So thank you. We've got a lot to thank you and your team for. Drew, yeah. thanks for being with us. Enjoy the rest of the weekend. Much appreciated, John. Thank you, guys. Drew Adamson from the broadcast team of uh, iRacing as we are heading into the last 40 minutes or thereabouts of this free practice session. Still the BGB Porsche on top, Jeremy, but uh, just up into second place for Riley Motorsports, the Mercedes version of that team uh, with uh, Scott Andrews putting the time in in the number 21. Yeah, the Aussie, Scott Andrews, uh, second place, 126.181, just 43 thousandths of a second behind Spencer Pompelli. Also a few minutes ago, Luca, Ma- Luca Mars up into third place in the core motorsports Ford Mustang GT4. That's car number 59. So right now we've got uh, a Porsche at the top, then a Mercedes, then a Ford, then a BMW, and then another Mercedes. So uh, we've got uh, four different manufacturers at the top of the charts, covered at the moment by a little bit less than two-tenths of a second. That's um, sort of what we expect, really, to it be is. honest. In TCR, Matt Pombo and the LA Honda World Racing Civic FK7, the number 73 car, is ahead of Roy Block for the TMR KMW Motorsports Alpha. And they're separated by a couple of tenths as well. Uh, just improving behind them is Tim Probert, although that's a GS car. Carl Whitmer, Carl Whitmer, excuse me, for Victor Gonzalez Racing Team VGRT. Uh, and they are in third position so far in that 14 field. Yeah, so Matt Pombo leading the way then again, as you say, for the LA Honda World Civic. The Alfa Romeo of, it was Tim Lewis Jr. who set the time before handing over that number five Alfa Romeo Giulietta Veloce TCR2. His regular co-driver, Roy Block, and uh, they remain first and second then in TCR. AJ Musk, the snowboarder, uh, is now at the wheel of the number two car. Ryan Norman set the time early on. AJ now getting... Some more experience. Getting closer to the uh, front-running pace. Robbie Wickens only done nine laps in number 33, Kai. Sharing that with Robert... Uh, excuse me, with Mark Wilkins, as usual, in the number 33 car. New, new fastest time, though. It's Scott Andrews improved again now. We've got to go to the top of the charts. So 126.080 now for Scott Andrews that's the number 21 Mercedes the team uh, running with Riley Motorsports as John was saying earlier on first of all they started the season with a Toyota Scott Andrews and Anton Diaz Pereira but uh, Anton just didn't get along with the Toyota he just it wasn't comfortable for him to drive uh, he'd driven a Mercedes before a couple of years ago so was much more felt he would be much more comfortable in that in that car they got a new car and that car made its debut I think it was at uh, Watkins Glen. 
And uh, since then, they, he's been you know, getting more and more comfortable in that car, getting up to speed, and uh, certainly looking for a good, strong way to finish off the season. And they've had some success here in the past, and this would be a perfect way to, to round off. It's been a difficult campaign for that team. They've got a few DNFs as the season has uh, progressed. But having made that switch uh, to the uh, Mercedes, they finished, they got a top, the first, finally the first top 10 finish of the season last time out at VIR. And so, uh, uh, yeah, it was Road America that made the debut with the Mercedes. And much more comfortable indeed is Anton Diaz Pereri, qualified in the uh, in the top 10 last time out qualified in eighth position at VIR so that was a really good run for him and it will be he who qualifies the car later on this evening so there's this is the second and final practice session isn't it Jeremy we're going to qualifying after yeah. this for pilot challenge uh, all the drivers telling us that this is a, a track where you need track position so the further up the field you start the better mm. Seems fairly obvious to say that qualifying is important. You might not think so in a two-hour race or a ten-hour race as we have for the two main series. But bad things happen further back down the field. And sometimes not anybody's fault. But starts and restarts is, is where things go on. And uh, yeah. the closer to clear air that you are in, in your class or in the overall, um, the better your chances are of uh, avoiding all that uh, all that potential nonsense going on behind you. Very true. And uh, the the vault racing team, Aston Martin, Trent Hinman at the wheel, he's just vaulted himself up to fourth position. And uh, as Aaron Brynjolfsson knows all too well, he was involved in a scrape here. Uh, a couple of incidents, was that last year or a couple of years ago? He's had some, some disappointing finishes here as a result of contact. So he wants to keep his nose clean in that car. They've had a, a really good start to the season. Just... Uh, consistently high finishes in that number seven car and it'll be Alan, Alan Brynjolfsson who, who qualifies it uh, he's been uh, on the front uh, three rows of the grid on the four out of the nine races this season and for somebody who only started racing four or five years ago that's pretty darn impressive so Alan Brynjolfsson will be looking to, to continue that so he qualified six last time out at VAR but uh, had some had some dramas there during 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 that race but uh, so lost some ground in the championship, and that brought uh, Jeff Mosing back in. Jeff, uh, excuse me, uh, Eric Foss, mm. who shares with Jeff Mosing, back at up back into the championship picture. Into the pit for Scott Andrews in that leading Riley AMG GT. Heman improves again there last time around. Now third fastest and within a tenth of a second of the fastest time. It's super tight at the front. Mercedes, Porsche, Aston Martin, uh, Ford and BMW. Now so five different manufacturers in the top five. Again, two tenths of a second covering all five of them. Unbelievable. Crazy. And a tenth and a half for the first four. You know, the, the yeah. two biggest gaps are between third yeah. and fourth and fourth yeah, and fifth, true. and they're 0 0.081 and 0 0.082 of a second. <laughs> so, you know, top three by 0 0.061 of a second. Yeah. 61 one thousandths. Unbelievable. And you'll have heard this from us before as well. There are lots of people who think balance of performance is a bad thing. Tell me that when you look at. What have we got here? Uh, top 15 cars in a second. 
and that's everything from the Camaro through the BMW through the Mustang the Aston all front engine cars the Toyota Supra's in there yeah, then you've got the Porsches you know yeah improvements for Brazilian Thiago Camilo on that last lap in the Toyota car number 14 that's the uh, also run by Riley Motorsports up into seventh position then for uh, Thiago he's a veteran of the uh, stock car series in Brazil had a lot of success there over the years just uh, three tenths off the off the uh, front running time it's his first time here at uh, Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta clearly getting to grips with the tracks very very quickly change in TCR as well a new leader there it's Carl Whitmer in the Victor Gonzalez racing team kind of a 99 so it's Honda 1-2 now he moves himself ahead of Matt Pombo that bumps the Alpha down to third position and the best of the Hyundais, which is now uh, Mason Philippi, down uh, is, is in the fourth position. And his best time is a 128.7, uh, about a half a second behind Carl Whitmer. Adam joining us in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre has been trolling the pits in the old-fashioned way for Hello. some bits and pieces. What happened with that uh, uh, with that Foss car yesterday? Okay, so updates on both of our uh, second places in each of the respective championships. For Eric Foss, he took the car out first thing this morning, shook it down. Obviously, the time that he set was good enough for a second at the time. Not sure if he's still there, but it meant that the car was better. Yesterday, they had a bad set of wheels, not tires, hey. wheels. The what? rims were, yeah, malfunctioning. Um, bent in the wrong word and so I, I hit something yes hit something and it also broke the uprights so they had to do some substantial work on the car but obviously much better today the mercedes was out and running very representative times the alpha which is second in the tcr championship both of these cars by the way have three wins apiece coming into this final round of the championship the Alpha had some terminal issues very early on in the practice in that it was going around and around, and then all of a sudden, it wasn't. It went oh. kapoof, and so the team had it to do what? kapoof. Um, team had to do an engine change overnight, and all oh, seems wow. to be good with the little Alpha as it is now. Okay. Very good. Thank you, Cher. Welcome. What is the... Uh, sorry to, to have to ask you to come over to, to do that. What's the, uh, the, the general feeling down there? It's the last of the season, championship uh, to be decided of course uh, and is, is there a bit of tension out there is, do you get the feeling that people are just going about their work trying to treat this as another race depends on what part of the pit lane that you're in. Uh, the closer we get towards pit out are traditionally people who are further up in the championship. This is the Good one point. race where they separate. So uh, the Michelin Pilot Challenge runners and riders aren't dependent on their WeatherTech uh, cohorts, in essence. Good point. So they have to have their own setups, which is something that's different down there, too. Everybody's got different tents, uh, different pit boxes, even different chairs. The people at pit out end, uh, the first of which is actually Volt Racing, it, they seem pretty good in their attitude but there was a little fumble when they were coming out to start the session it went to green they were doing a practice pit stop and ran around the right side of the car loosened four of the lug nuts but the fifth one would not come off it ah. actually took about five minutes for them to get out there with hand tools to loosen it 
by hand and then get the wet weather tires or their rollers off the car to then put the slick tires, uh, the used ones from yesterday actually, onto the car so that Trent Hammond could go out and have a couple of sighting laps before putting Alan Brynjolfsson in. But they seem pretty calm. They know how to win races. Volt is a part of Wright Motorsport, which won this championship last year. They know how to win the championship, obviously. Um, TCR, everybody just wants to come out and win mm-hmm. by the feeling of it. Mm-hmm. The championship contenders are all very calm. Everybody else is just anxious to go out of the season with the win. Yeah. So it's a good energy. It's a happy energy in the paddock. Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Penalty. Penalty. For Belgard and Technicale Racing. Uh, wheel rotation while elevated. For Couldn't Alex wait Rockwell. to get out of the pit Couldn't lane. Couldn't wait to see. Everybody just wants to get out there. That's what Shea's been telling us. So off, off he's going. You have to come back in for a drive through there. That's a safety related uh, issue and in fact is that him coming back into the pit lane now yes it is the number 84 in a fetching pink colour this no. weekend are you sure is yeah. that not him uh, pink would be the 40 PF racing car of James Pesek and Joey Hand 84 would be blue silver and green uh, one of the two Bellegarde and Technoseal Audis the son Eric is one of the drivers of the 15 which was the fastest TCR car yesterday oh, dad yes, right. Alex yeah. is in the 84 family of dentists and he is back in the pit lane so my apologies uh what we've got left 25 and a bit minutes literally a family of dentists yes mum and dad mum mum, dad brother uh sister i believe was an anesthesiologist (laughs) i have a old school chum who did very well as a dentist uh, went up to scotland as you do just retired, he has. Most of my school friends are retiring now. No chance mm. for me. Keep on working till I drop. That's what I've been told. By the boss. <laughs> yes. By, by choice, too. Let's <laughs> yes. <laughs> what well, would you do? I, I refer you to what uh, Doug Fian said many years ago. What am I going to do? Sit by the window, yeah. bl- sit and look out the window, go and play golf every day? Uh, yeah, exactly. If I've still got the opportunity to come to some racetracks, uh, I'll be very happy. Be very happy indeed. One or two people starting to push a little harder now. Uh, and even coming into the pit lane, getting in, getting out. Time to be made there. Gavin Ernstone for Road Shagger Racing. Plus three clicks, so he'll get a drive through for that in his Audi. Also a little bit of Red Georgia Clear being thrown up right underneath the start to stand which is right underneath us and there's quite a bit of a trough now there <laughs> that's been dug away it's uh what we say that 12 15 inches wide maybe a little bit more what i worry about is the early part of that there is some, a little bit of concrete behind it but as you go further down there isn't and i can now see the serrated edge of the curb. And it's not falling off, Shay, that's the problem. It's coming back on again in the inside shoulder. Yeah, you don't want to hit that too many times. That's, uh, I mean, these Michelin tires are great, but when you're basically running a knife across the inside yeah, of them over absolutely. and over again, absolutely, it's not going to end well. It, it's interesting because one of our pit officials, uh, Preston, he's actually going... He's been dabbling and flagging this year, John. He's been our starter when Dennis hasn't been able to make it to some of the races. He's back down on the pit lane with us this weekend. He's a local from around here. And he said, do you know how long it's been since it's rained? 
a month. Yeah. That's why the dust is being kicked up so much. I mentioned it in one of the earlier sessions, how dry, it was a WeatherTech session earlier, how dry that grass looks. Uh, and just puddling around as we have done, um, it, you, can, you can see the, the grass is still pretty green, so they've done a good job in making Mission and Raceway Road Atlanta look its very best, as you'd expect the guys here to do. But uh, that, I think we might have to do a bit of filling in on that um, before the, the end of the weekend. Uh, ironic that not so very far south there's so much rain falling and it's so dry here uh, at the moment. Uh, and by the way, this is, I think this is going to be Dennis's last race as uh, our co-starter. For now. For now, he's he got says. more important things to work on, and and I fully oh, uh, give no, him that. No, and when we literally say more important things to work out, literally he is working on technology to cure, cure cancer. Cure cancer. Yep. And he's been working on some very clever stuff for many years. I've had some excellent chats with him, and that's his dear job. And he's as passionate about that as he is about motor racing, and he's starting to get a bit of traction on that. So. I think we I think we can let him off. We'll miss him. We will miss him. But uh, we wish him all the best in that endeavour. The paddock will be uh, a little less rich with his uh, absence. But like most of our, all of our officials, uh, they are massive fans of the sport. And not just IMSA racing, but motor racing in general. Love having a sit down and an early morning coffee. Uh, with the ladies and gentlemen of IMSA. Always good. Uh, 21 minutes left to go. No major improvements at the moment. Wow, the Hondas are quick. They are quick, yeah. Me too, and TCR. Uh, off an hour in practice. Yeah. And or, and or evening qualifying. Christian wow. is making the, getting the cars to last for the race. Yes. Still good to see them up there. Yeah. 39 cars have turned laps. Um this is the first time for our broadcast audience on RS2 IMSA Radio, Shay. Uh, anybody who isn't here who we thought we might be? JDC uh, have missed out on the last couple of races with the 17 Audi. They were victorious in, I want to say, Canadian Tire Motorsport Park or Lime Rock. Uh, they won the TCR round there. We haven't seen them since. They, again, are not here this weekend. But we welcome back uh, Road Shagger Racing. You mentioned the penalty for Gavin. Yeah. Uh, Gavin and John Morley co-driving once again. It brought the car back out. This is a send-off. They're getting a new one for next year. Are they so getting the new Evo version? I believe the they are. Right, okay. So this was a final hurrah. Yeah, yes, okay. staying with Audi. This is a final hurrah for, for this machine in that they hadn't planned on continuing the rest of the season, but it's good track time and they've yeah. already got the car. So yeah. might as well come back out again. Really glad to see that they are here. I haven't had the best of luck down uh, through this season or indeed in previous years but Gavin's driving's improved massively John one will know what he can do yeah um, really solid peddler or as Krillzy would say a good little steerer yes and credit to him as well as a driver coach he does a lot within the Ferrari challenge he works with people there and the the progress that he's been able to see through his students over the years I've seen from afar it also has been very impressive we do welcome a brand new car to the championship this weekend as well that's the 70 Hyundai Veloster NTCR that belongs to Dealey Motorsports they come in with two drivers from the Midwest uh, Jacob Dealey from Oklahoma and Peyton I can't remember Peyton's last name forgive me Peyton Long maybe from uh, Arkansas yeah 
and we've got to thank uh, Hyundai Motorsport North America and Hyundai uh, Automotive North America for getting Andrew and Nick to the track. That uh, also is very subtle, the colour. They are in a uh, new Hyundai Kona N, nearly 280 horsepower from that little crossover. I was going to ask you what colour you would guess it is, but obviously you've seen it. It they, isn't in the eggshell blue. No. It's in bright red. They parked next to me this ah. morning, and I was still on the phone with my mother, and Nick proceeded to press himself up against the window in a very scary manner, so I couldn't help but notice the bright red car behind them. Oh, dear. Yes. Uh, we can only apologise for that. That's he's, all right. he's overly excited because this is his favourite race and his favourite racetrack in the world. And credit to Alfa Romeo and the Alfa currently sitting third on the charts in TCR. Nick is a massive Alfista and they oh, have yes, he dealerships here. So mm-hmm. he, uh, I remember when we went to a dealer event for a different manufacturer and there was an Alfa dealership down the street. Nick actually started running towards it. Yeah, I'm sure. He still thinks that his uh, Julia Quadrifoglio was probably one of, if not the best car he's ever had. Although he's back with Audis now. Crossing the line in front of us is the PF Racing Mustang. No improvement there. But we did have a Christian Simchak there for Murillo Racing last time around. In 16th position now with a 127. Wow. Why are they so far down? Yeah, good question. Because they're regularly running up front. Kenny Murillo shares that number... 72 car with Christian Shimjak has had uh, well, uh, neither of those um, two podiums this year. I was going to say neither of those are rabbits, are they? Well, two yeah. pole positions, Kenny has two, had two poles. Yes. So, yeah. uh, and the sister car is up in sixth position with a 26-4, which was the banger lap from uh, Eric Foss before he got out of the car and handed it over to Jeff Mosing. Remember, Jeff has only done four races so far this year. He missed a great deal of them due to injury, so he's yep. still coming back in. And for Jeff, it's important to just get him laps around Road Atlanta so that he can reacclimatize himself not only to the car, but the venue. Mm. Yeah, and he's, he's another guy pulling double duty this weekend, racing also in the Porsche Carrera Cup North America as well. Jeff Mosing, so as you say, out for injury for much of the summer, but uh, grateful to be back in the wheel of a racing car. Any racing car. Yes. Well, Particularly I, I, scrappy. Round, round here at, uh, at Road Atlanta, uh, would you like some laps in a racing car? Yes. We haven't yeah. told you what it is. Don't care. Doesn't matter. No. Nope. Absolutely. Let's, let's go. Let's go. It's an I'm electric it. shopping cart. Okay. Okay, that's fine. Let's go. Take the golf cart round. Nick's never been on the track here in real life. Ooh. Um, he's got thousands of laps in, in virtual reality. Uh, I suspect we, we make that, we can make a change for that at the weekend. We might need to give him um, an airplane sick bag, though, because when you do this track for the first time in reality, you realize how undulating it is. It depends what he's on. If he's on an electric shopping cart or a, a golf buggy, he'll be all right. That's true. Course. That's true. There are some um, parade laps later on in the weekend um, for manufacturers that we might have. For Hyundai. Are you just going to throw them out there in the press vehicle? Could, could, could throw them out. That's on. actually not allowed. It says in the loan agreement mm. that you're not allowed to bring a vehicle to a racetrack. I have been guilty of breaking that rule many times <laughs> for many different manufacturers. <laughs> <laughs> Where is uh, Bill Oberlin and Dylan well, that- McAvern's car? That's 15 right now on the that, charts I was about well. to say that's a good that is a good shout uh, the 96 car um, with Robbie Foley and 
Vin Barletta and Vin's behind the wheel at the moment is up in fifth position. Huh. So what's the difference there in time? 126.3 to a 126.8. So, yes, but it's <laughs> half a second. Yeah. So, you know, that's not even... How many corners do we have here? We have 12 corners. That's 12. not even half a tenth of a second per corner. So that's how tight it is. A second will get you down to 16th position now. Hmm. 1.3 seconds will take you to 19th. 1.4 to 20th. And how many GS cars have we got? Right, the, the first bunch of GS cars goes down to 21st. And that's just on one and a half seconds. That's how tight it is. Hmm. Now, I know it's a relatively short lap here, but even so. Well, and also, I mentioned the tire allocation yesterday when Jeremy and I were on the PA. You've got five sets for the GS, four sets for TCR. Doesn't necessarily mean people are stickering up yet in this mm. session. People are probably waiting until, oh, look at that. There's 14 and a half minutes to go. Now seems like a pretty good opportunity. Light fuel, new tires. Give your qualifying driver an idea of what he's going to be facing later on this evening. Yeah. And in fact, one five, six, eight, ten of the top 20 cars have just peeled off into the pit lane. Mm. So, in GS, through comes the uh, bright orange BMW. That's the, that, that's a Stephen Cameron car, wasn't it? The 43 yes. with Sean Quinlan behind the wheel, sitting in 20th in the GS class at the moment. He's the, uh, oh no, actually he's, Somebody must have just improved. So he's the uh, penultimate car in that first 21 that I was talking about. Is the BGB car a brighty green for yes. this weekend? Just yeah. for the, is that new for this weekend, is it? It's different than it was at VIR. Yeah, I thought so. So, yes, you are correct, Jeremy. I saw it in the paddock yesterday. I thought, well, that's a bit sharp. It yes. Really bright but color. Someone turned great. up the contrast. Yeah, absolutely right. Yeah. <laughs> that one looks different. And also the NOLA Sport Porsche looks different. Car number 47. That one's oh, got yeah. purple accents on it now and a bit more white. And You'll have to look the next time it comes around the, the circuit because it does stand out to me. Ooh. Oh, and it's in the pit it's lane. in the pits as much. Yeah, Big slide. Who was that? Who's just gone through? I think that was the uh, number one Hyundai. Correct. Championship leader. Uh and that was Michael Lewis then, sitting in eighth in the TCR category at the moment in the Elantra. And that was a big slide from the back end of that car. On that uh, sealer strip as you turn in for the final corner. And front-wheel drive cars, it has oft been said of touring cars, by none other than our esteemed colleague and friend Martin Haven, who's probably done more world touring car and touring car events than any other five of us put together that the rear wheels are only there to keep the exhaust from scraping on the ground. Well, they certainly weren't giving much grip there for that uh, Elantra as it came through. Joey Hand is now leaving the pits. Somebody to keep an eye on. Winner of the last race out at VIR, and uh, that car has won two races so far this year, if you include the Sebring weekend. So very good strength shown from PF Racing in their Ford Mustangs. Plural, because the sister car has two podiums as well. It's a good-looking field, this, isn't it? Uh, we were talking earlier in the week, as uh, Chris Wilson, by the way, has just improved for Capstone Motorsports and their GT4 AMG, 127.3 for him, 17th overall and in class. It is a good-looking field, this, Jeremy, isn't it? It's worked really well, pairing up the TCRs with the GT4, what we call the GS cars here. 
It really has, and you know the TCR cars are you know, not quite as quick on the straights, but you know lap time-wise here, they're just uh, you know a couple of seconds or so off the pace of the GS cars, so they're quick enough and quicker than the uh, the last. Well, depending on who's driving the car, several cars in GS, so you know not, there's not a big d- discrepancy in the lap times between the two classes, and and you know the cars are relatively cost-effective to run, and uh, it's been a tremendous addition to the series you know, since they brought uh, TCR into the fold for this championship in 2018. That uh, 2018 was kind of a transition year from the old ST category, uh, as it was as it used to be known, to the, the new secondary category. They raced alongside each other for that season, and since then it's been uh, TCR as the uh, supporting act, if you like, to, for, to, for GT4. And I think it's great. It's it's really worked out well. Uh, we've got new new cars coming in on a regular basis. Uh, you know, some of them do the whole season, but still, six, uh, 14 cars in in in, a, in TCR to, for the final round. That's a good number and a lot of enthusiasm. Number 70 car uh, for Daily Motorsports that uh, Shay was talking about a little while ago. And we talked about it earlier on. They, they've got so they're certainly planning uh, this being a toe in the water for a, for, for what they hope is a, a, a full season effort in 2023 the uh, 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 and the partnership between IMSA uh, and TCR has been renewed uh, multiple years so the the license continues uh, with uh, WSC I think it's called isn't it Uh, Marcello Lotti's company there was a change in the times just now. People indeed uh, going quicker as the session is starting to come to a close. Harry Gottsacker was sitting way down the charts. He was in, I think, 11th, jumps up to 4th with the time of a 128.762, which is hmm, not too far off the fastest time, about 6 tenths off the fastest time so far. And I believe that was his second attempt at a quick lap. He's going even quicker this time around, though. Yeah, the two the two Hondas have certainly uh, got got the pace legs on everybody else this morning. Tim Lewis uh, back at the wheel of the the Alfa Romeo. He started off the session and he handed over to Roy Block, but he seems to be back at the wheel of that number five car at the moment in third position. Uh, he's about uh, half a second or so behind the class leading time set by Carl Whitman in the number ninety nine GS car. There's a big improvement Alec for Udell. Alec Udell. Yeah, in the uh, Kelly Moss Porsche 718, up into the top 10, the 126.5. So there's another car. We've now got a total of uh, 13 cars within a half a second <laughs> of the fastest time overall. And all of the manufacturers in there, Mercedes, Porsche, Aston Martin, uh, Ford and BMW, the top five, they're all different. The Toyota is in seventh place. And the Chevrolet Camaro 14th, so it's uh, it's a super tight field. Yeah, John, it's one thing when we talk about in the Mitsubishi MX-5 Cup, uh, 10 drivers being within half a second, but they're all in exactly the yes. same cars. Yeah. Well, that's what we were saying earlier on. You know, people get fr- frothing at the mouth and hair on fire about balance of performance. But, you know, unless you have it in a class like this, a Mercedes AMG GT4 front engine V8 and a... Uh, a flat six Porsche 718. There's a difference in weight. There's a difference in the balance of, of the car in terms of where the centre of gravity and the centre of pressure is. There's a difference in, in, in f- uh, frontal area. Add in 
other front-engine cars, Aston Martin, Ford, BMW, Toyota Supra, Chevy Camaro, if you don't balance them, ultimately, one is going to be found to be the better, and everyone, and we've seen this, Jeremy, down through the years, if you've got an open open formula and there's no balance of performance, then everybody eventually just transitions to one car and it's almost like a single manufacturer yeah. formula, isn't it? Yeah, I agree. Uh, and I love it. I, it you know, and the IMSA team does such a sensational job of, uh, of collating all the data, pouring over all that data and making sure they, you know, if there's any adjustments that need to be made, a little bit more weight or uh, a slightly different restrictor size or whatever it might be, then they make it. But uh, once again, I think no changes on the BOP for this weekend uh, at all. So I think the, it's the same for the last, last couple of races, so race weekends, no changes at all. So the Atlantis are still running that slightly elevated ride height yeah, that yeah. they got for Road America. That was, yep. that was the last set of changes, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was, yeah. So three races ago. And, wow. and, and it's, you know... It, it, Speaks volumes. I mean, you yeah, know, the uh, and and the the Elantras now actually Ryan Norman has just gone fastest of the Elantras. He's gone third quickest now overall in TCR, uh, but it's it's ridiculously tight there. There's four of the Elantras, uh, which is number two, thirty three, ninety eight, and seventy seven, and the Alpha are all in the same tenth of a second. Wow. Twenty eight six six nine two down to twenty eight. Uh, seven six five. So what's that? So seven hundredths of a second covering five cars. Gosh, brilliant! And we've now got twenty-two GS cars in a line. So somebody must have improved without 23. me. Twenty-three. Uh, twenty-three now. Yes. Yeah, so it was. Two it of them was twenty-one. Yeah. So excellent. Well done. And it's still only one and a half now. So there have been improvements because now the top twenty-three are within one point five seconds. The top twenty-one were in one point six. Uh, the last time that I checked that. So it's it's closing up. But that, that extraordinary stat that the top 17 are within nine-tenths of a second of each other. Gosh. Uh, and such differences. And if you look at some of the gaps, we have got the smallest gap that we can measure, 0. 0.001 and 0. 0.002 uh, in between uh, Jeff Morsing and Alfredo Nagery in the... Nagery in the um, Marillo Mercedes and the Riley Motorsports and then 0.002 between that Supra and the Ford Mustang of Sheena Monk the 877, the white and green car, JG Wentworth car so there's three cars separated by three one thousandths of a second I mean it, we've got a 005 in there as well, this is as I said, Jer- Jeremy's absolutely right by the way, this doesn't happen by sticking your finger in the air and looking at a stopwatch and only a stopwatch and saying, yeah. oh, yeah, they're, they're half a second quicker. Let's slow them down by four tenths or four and a half tenths. That's not how this works. Everything is taken into consideration. Uh, top yeah. speeds. We don't see the top speeds anymore, but IMSA do. We do collect all of their data. Th- yep. themselves that don't rely on sensors from the teams. Yeah, we don't see that data. You're right anymore on, on top speeds. But uh, tell you what, it, it, even that is fairly close. I mean, it's awful, you, know, you, you can't get these cars to be... You don't want the cars all to be doing identical lap times in exactly the same way. Yeah. Otherwise, no, no. they just run nose to tail. Yeah. But 
uh, even on the straight line speeds, you know, the, the, no one has a huge advantage no. over everybody else. And they, the, the IMSA team, technical team does take that into account as well. It's not just about what lap time they can produce. Correct. It's how they produce those lap times to keep those as closely matched as possible. It's and about it's a fantastic how they job. can yeah. race. Because yeah, yeah, what yeah. you want yeah. is people that can race. We, yeah. we have had situations, and IMSA have been quick to, to address it, where, you know, cars maybe aren't as quick ultimately at the end of the straight, but they punch out the corners very quickly. Yeah. Um, and therefore, it's really hard to get past them. And, you know, it, that's all looked at. And Jeremy and I, and uh, Jeremy knows, I think, what I'm going to say, but we've, we've looked sometimes at, at the BOP um, bulletins that come out and sort of crinkled our noses a bit. But almost without fail, one of the IMSA technical team will come and find us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're big enough and ugly enough not to be difficult to be found at a racetrack. And, and basically give us the working out in the margin, Jeremy. This is what we were trying to achieve by doing this. Yeah, and, and, and I don't think you get that openness. I haven't seen no, that with, with other series. No, it's great. Uh, but also, after every race weekend, the technical team gets together with a representative of each of the manufacturers to, to get their input on mm. the, where it stands and what changes need to be made. And somebody's going to put down as well, I need no, more straight line speed. And other guys say, well, no, you don't. Look, <laughs> you know, here's all the data. And they, they, they compare notes and, uh, and the, you know, the, the, uh, the relationships there have, have been. You know, belts up really, really strong. You, you hear very little uh, dissension from anybody about uh, the, the, uh, the, if there are changes the, being made. It's, it's, that's, that's pretty uh, impressive. Uh, the number 70 needs to reset their pit lane speed limiter. That's uh, our new car. Ah, well, there you go. Yep, ah, yes. that makes sense. Uh, yeah. Five drive through. Uh, oh. I, I suppose as... Um, as the technical team, you either want nobody complaining about yes. you or everybody complaining yes. about you, don't you? That, that, That's right. that is the way it works. We've, we've uh, either, you know, everybody's sort of saying nothing because they're quite happy with the goal, or everybody's really annoyed with us. That's, <laughs> right. yeah, that's the kind of the goal, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. nothing in the middle, thanks yeah. very much. We don't want to be somebody, somebody who said, oh, you've been my friend. <laughs> no, 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 we haven't. Absolutely not. No, well, we'll have to fix that. Stay me. Uh, we've come down the last minute, and I'm not sure we've seen very many people putting people putting new tires on no. the car. Justin Piscatel's just improved, but he stays in 23rd yeah. position for the GT4 from accelerating performance. That's the the Aston number 39. But there's not been a lot of green, which would be an improvement on my timing screen in front of me in the last... Uh, we sort of looked at around about 13 minutes when everybody came into the 13 minutes to go. Everybody came into the pit lane. But uh, uh, not the improvements that we might have expected. The air and track temperature has squeaked up another uh, couple of degrees Fahrenheit, now 68 across the board. That's 20 degrees Celsius. But it's still windy out there, so it's, it's still windy. not uh, gusty. warm. Gusty. Very gusty. Yeah. Blustery. Yeah. Uh, car 22, that's the hardpoint Porsche, is being shown as off the course at turn three. Nick Galanti was behind the wheel of it. Uh, and we are now 15 seconds away from the checkered flag coming out. So I think race control is just going to let this go to a checkered flag rather than a red and a checkered situation. So a relatively, as Sheena Monk sees the checkered flag first for JG Wentworth in the eight. 
77 Mustang, a relatively uneventful hour's worth of second free practice. And I say that in the best possible taste. Yeah, I think uh, everybody would be happy mm. with that. Uh, I don't think there are any major dramas. The, the, uh, the fewest laps completed by anybody was the class-leading TCR entry of uh, Victor Gonzalez racing. That car only completed 17 laps during the mm. session. But both drivers, Victor Gonzalez and Carl Whitmer, ended up with the fastest time overall. I think pretty pretty happy. So hopefully no problems there. And that was just, you know, they're just happy with where they are. There's no point in doing extra laps if they don't need to. So uh, everybody else, uh, I think that's, is that the only car that didn't complete more than 20 laps? Yes, yeah. indeed it is. Yeah, in fact, it is. The vast majority did uh, did more than 30 laps during that session. So Top three, Brent, uh, the Marilla Racing number 65 on 36, joined on 36 laps by the Audi of Belgard and Technicale. Denny Dupont is finishing off that one. That was a 36-lapper. And what's the BMWs? Robbie Forley. Oh, right at the end, an improvement there, Jeremy. Yeah, hey. M- Michael Lewis getting into that, that whole group of cars there. So another one within that tenth of a second uh, from a... Uh, 28.791 <laughs> to 28.692, 1,2,3,4,5,6 cars, less than a tenth of a second. Just the way Jeremy most of them, Most of them are Hyundais, five of them actually teammates uh, in that uh, Hyundai team. Wow, that's, that's, that's fun. So Sheena Monk peeling off into the pit lane. She was the first to see the chequered flag. So everyone else will cycle back round into the pit lane, thanks to Jeremy Shaw. And Sheer Adam, next time we see these cars, they will be qualifying and we'll be setting two grids, one for the GS and one for the TCRs. So that will be a little bit later on. Full details of our live schedule uh, this afternoon and through into this evening here from Road Atlanta and indeed, because it is nighttime practice for WeatherTech, one of our favourite sessions. Also through Friday and Saturday, all at www.imsaradio.com. Thanks to Tim Gray up in London and our technical team here on site. We'll be back with you for some Mazda racing later on. Bye-bye. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. For more, check imsaradio.com and subscribe to IMSA Radio wherever you get your podcasts.